everyone. It is time to head north. Happy that you have joined us on this wonderful day. I am Natasha Ryan. I head up communications and business development for the North Group, and I have three of my colleagues here today. I have Vince Rocco Vargas. That's actually known as our Hollywood star off of Mayans and C. And then we have Jake and Sam, two of our brightest intelligence analysts, uh, coming from our Global Security Operations Center in Michigan. And today we are talking about Twitter because everyone is talking about Twitter. Um, and specifically, what it means. <clears throat> Elon Musk has purchased it. So let's kick this off. Thoughts when you first heard it, Vince? Yeah. I mean, first of all, a lot of people were angry about it and I didn't understand that, right? Forget politically lefts, rights, anything. People were upset about it. But, I, you know, as a entrepreneur, I was pretty excited to see a shift in the system, right? To someone who make a lot of money, be like, let me buy this, right? This social media platform that has been the fulcrum for a lot of social media drama when it comes to Trump, when it comes to political positioning, when it comes to so many different things, Twitter has kind of grown up and become uh, of importance through those specific things, right? Like Instagram has its space and Facebook has its space. But so I was excited to see someone like Elon Musk, who I find to be a very interesting dude. Like a, he's been doing these very weird things in our time from the yep. Tesla vehicle, from um, SpaceX, all these crazy wild things. <clears throat> I'm interested to see where this goes. So uh, to me, it's an exciting thing to watch. I don't think of it any more than that. So I'm glad our friends Jake and Sam are here to kind of probably be the brains of the operation. I'm just excited to see it. So I'm interested to see what these guys have to say. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you know, I think most people are probably thinking in the same vein as you were when they first heard that. They're thinking, okay, Elon Musk, he's pretty cool. He's going to own Twitter now. This is awesome. But um, the way my brain works, I'm thinking, okay, so how's this going to affect me with Intel Collection, right? Because I'd say a pretty good amount of what we do as far as alert and notification stuff, it comes through Twitter. And I did not. Yeah. yeah, actually, the majority of it. So even on the DOD, DOJ side, a lot of our open source tools, they're all actually pulled from Twitter data. So the majority of our tools are just Twitter and it's just being filtered down and then we just get filtered data from Twitter. Can I ask, Jake, is that because however uh, Twitter was originally made was easier to create some kind of algorithm to pull information from? That I'm not sure about. I just know how we use it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but the, the, the uh, purpose of Twitter um, with the whole uh, 140 characters, it's what, 270 now, I think. Yeah. Um, is that it's, it's good for giving um, sort of news flashes. Right. And so it's sort of like the cry on of the internet. Um, so when you see it's a, it's a good spot for intelligence analysts to collect news um, and also uh, political analysis, you'll see a lot of um, verified users will uh, post links to other um, long form articles of their analysis, or they'll post really long threads. So, that's helpful. And the other thing that's helpful is that for the most part, you do not have to befriend or follow somebody to Correct. see what they're doing. 
So it's yeah. a more public facing social media than Facebook or Instagram, which can be limited to, you know, your, your friends and, and family. That's a really valid point. You know, I can remember when Twitter first came out, um, Jake and Sam, I'm older than you. So it came out and I did a news story on it and I was standing on the anchor desk and I just remember thinking, this is crazy and this is going to shape how we get information. And I think it's going to be negative. And I remember having that like moment of this, this is either going to be fantastic or is this, this is going to be a detriment to society. And I think that we've seen so many trolls come out on Twitter and people, you know, finding safe havens on all social media platforms. Right. And we've seen some censorship. And I think what I'm seeing repeatedly is a lot of people that lean a little right are super excited for this purchase. Do you think that that that's that has merit to be excited or should we kind of should we wait and see? And by we, I mean, uh, you know, Americans in general that that feel like the right side has been censored. So I think. I think the way that this is going to go, it's going to go a little bit of both ways. So like, like you said, I think a lot of people who may have left Twitter for that reason of feeling censored or feeling that their voice wasn't being heard, whether they're good people or not, they went to other social media avenues. Like, uh, like, I don't know, like some other crazy parlor parlor. Yeah. Stuff like that. And you know, Elon Musk, he's pretty open about his rights to free speech. Like he's not into censorship at all whatsoever. So I'm thinking that for the intelligence community, it's going to be a little bit of a double edged sword. But mostly, I think we could expect to see some people who left Twitter, they're going to come back and they're going to think that, you know, free speech, we can talk and say whatever we want. But I think that that's actually going to benefit the intelligence community because a lot of these other like parlor and other whatever they are i don't really keep track of them all anymore there's truth they're not, yeah, yeah they're truth, truth social yeah none of them are blowing up no no so people are going to come back to twitter and honestly i think it's going to help the intelligence community whether it be from doj dod or the private industry i think pre-incident indicators are going to be an easier thing to get a hold of because people aren't going to be worried about being censored. So they're going to be more inclined to speak openly, whether that is batshit crazy or not. I'd be interested, Jake and Sam, to see if you guys are able to find out uh, probably a couple of weeks from now is how much Twitter has grown because of this shift in the kind of the, the whole system. Um, you know, for me as an entertainer, I only had Twitter because in my world, MMA fighters, right? The MMA world does really well on Twitter and Hollywood. Right. Like so your famous kind of athletes, sports, UFC, boxing and and actors kind of use Twitter. And then it, I didn't realize how much politically it started to be used. And it started getting I mean, one, because I wasn't ingrained into the political system. I just didn't want to pay attention to it for, for so many years. And all of a sudden the political world started really taking over Twitter and it almost made me kind of want to get off, but you can't get off as an entertainer. It's kind of where we live. You know, that's a lot of where our information kind of exists. And so I stayed on Twitter and watching it. And then like, I kind of stopped posting as much because it kind of became a very toxic space. It felt like everyone was shitting on everyone. And even now uh, there's fans of the Mayans show that are not fans of the Mayans show. And they use it just to shit on the Mayans. And you're like, damn, this place is crazy because 
Yeah. I don't know. It's a very weird space. It's a social media that uh, I could do without essentially. But now that this whole shift kind of, it's kind of like a paradigm shift and I'm curious to see where this goes. I just want to watch it. I want to watch it all unfold with popcorn. And see yeah. Like. Yeah. I agree. I mean, like there's probably going to be people rioting in the streets metafiguratively, not literally, but people are going to be mad. Elon Musk is going to be in the media, Fox news, CNN, they're all going to be talking about him. I mean, People are going to be going. We're going to talk about how Elon Musk is a terrible guy because he spent forty-four billion dollars to buy Twitter instead of solving world hunger. Like, but there's tons of that. There's, there's tons always, it's everywhere. There's tons of that. The thing that I find interesting about Elon Musk purchasing Twitter is his recent tweets. Now, some of them are troll tweets. He, he's a he's a he's a comedian in a sense. He likes to just talk smack. But the interesting tweets he's made that that for me feel like he's really trying to make it a better place is he's talking about making it similar to signal how it's encrypted messaging. So it keeps it to be a safer environment, right? This safer place of information, which that would kind of, to me, make Twitter a little bit more interesting. Like, okay, that's a good space. And he's now publicly talking about very controversial subjects, things like um, Jeffrey Epstein case. He's, he's mentioning it, which before if he did would most likely be blocked, shut down, uh, whatever the case, because it would go against the original kind of world who was running Twitter. And so I find to be interesting, and he is a big pro, uh, you know, free speech, but he mentioned just recently in another tweet, uh, I personally follow him because I'm always interested in everything this guy has to say. He talked about, he goes, I'm afraid of the far right just as much as I am of the far left, which was a really cool I saw statement. that. Yeah. It was a statement when you're like, oh, that's actually pretty cool that he said that publicly. And then he said he wants to put cocaine back in coke. So it's like, you, you never know what you're going to get with this dude. <laughs> right. That's kind of what I was getting at earlier is I don't think, I think maybe there's this uh, false sense of alignment for some people where I, do, I don't think he's aligned with a political party. He's aligned with free speech and there is a difference. Absolutely. And, yeah. You know, there's a huge difference. Yeah, I think that's why so many people just gravitate toward him in general, really. I mean, the guy just speaks his mind. He is who he is, and he, he can't be bought, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, they I mean, call that having exciting. money. They yeah, call, he has yeah. that yeah, few money. He can buy you. <laughs> right. Sam, I'm curious to know your thoughts on um, what this can do in the political stage of coming up on the next elections and stuff like that, right? Because, right. you know, there's all these things talking about Twitter, all these things. So I'm curious to know what you think about it all. Well, um, I think about an hour ago, he did this podcast, a really nice gift. And he um, he shared that he was talking about there are accounts, um, and I'll pull this up here. His tweet was, uh, we must clear out bots, spam, and scams. Is something actually public opinion? or just someone operating 100,000 fake accounts. Right now you can't tell. And algorithms must be open source with any human intervention clearly identified, then trust will be deserved. So what he is getting at, uh, I think what the, we'll see if he follows through on it, but in the upcoming, um, well, most importantly, upcoming uh, elections, um, you'll be, you will be able to see probably from an open source developer tool, it probably won't be, you know, a, a end user function, but you should be able to see, um, how the, um, Twitter algorithm selected that tweet to show you. And he's talked a lot about verifying authenticated users. 
So what that means, it will be much harder to um, share a kind of to to wage a kind of information warfare campaign on the the Twitter platform, Um, because if if every user has to be an authenticated user, then you can't make, you know, 10,000 bots to retweet this this um, this idea and sort of flood the space to the point you can't see any other opinions. Yeah, it's essentially just flooding it to the point where where everything in your feed has to do with that subject instead of, yeah, which is interesting, which is great, and and which is weird to me that it's never been done before. Right. Right. And here's another question I have: like, if if I don't know if you know this off the top of your head, I'm just kind of the whole thing. If he wanted to buy Facebook, what is Facebook, um, you know, worth? What's the value of that? And, and, and I'm, I'm curious because Vince is already teeing up his next purchase. God he wants to save the world through social media. Where do I put my money in my stocks? Is what I'm curious about. <laughs> right. I don't. I don't know the. Uh, I don't know on that one. Um, I think Facebook or Meta now is such a bigger company than Twitter. Yeah. Um, Twitter was mostly, I think, just the one platform. Um, Meta, of course, has um, Facebook, um, Oculus, Instagram. Um, and so that that would be, I think that the likelihood of another kind of social media like that going, um, being privately bought is low. But what's really, really interesting when it comes to owning this social media is if you look at who Elon Musk bought the Twitter from. Um, It wasn't just like he bought out all the shareholders. Some of the other majority shareholders were very influential people who had a lot to lose in terms of uh, censorship. Um, Most notably, the the prince of, uh, I believe, Saudi Arabia was uh, about a 10% um, shareholder in that. Um, so when heads of state and other powerful people um, own portions of uh, social media platforms, that there's obviously going to be a greater um, likelihood that Twitter data is being manipulated. So now there's also a chance that Twitter data will be manipulated in Elon Musk's favor. But I think that's that's the point about um, identifying the algorithms openly um, is to sort of safeguard against that. So we'll we'll see if that gets implemented. Who owns TikTok? Uh, it's Chinese. No, um, I, no, I think it used to be Chinese, but I think there's some American company bought it. Let me. It's wild because when you're talking social media, it's, I've been social media marketing for so many years. And I honestly open up an account for any new social media platform that gets created because I'm kind of checking them all out. And yeah. I had a Musical.ly years ago for my kids. Like we just made these weird music things. Which That's eventually, a fun app. Yep. Well, it turned into TikTok. Yeah. So my old Musical.ly turned into TikTok, which I was tripped out by either way. Yeah. So, so I kind of reactivated and checked it. And my social media numbers have blown the hell up. It just kind of grows because it's a different algorithm. It's a different beast. And, and so I've seen how it's been used to kind of now it, there's news sites on there, right? There's people telling, talking about Roe versus Wade, this whole subject that just happened yeah. recently. And yeah. so it's become a really interesting place. I've watched a lot of the Ukraine stuff happen on TikTok, right? People like these, these independent reporters. 
And so just curious to see if, if there was a next one that Elon Musk would buy, that would probably be the one that would be the most of influence outside of the Facebook universe. Yeah. That's something to think about. Yeah. I mean, wonder what that wonder what that would even look like. If no it idea. Could actually, buy the. I know. It's interesting. I mean, if you're going toe to toe with Facebook, which essentially what he's trying to do, it's kind of kind of what it's going on. It's like I'm going to be the place of the free voice, right? And if he's going to be the place of the free voice, he would probably have to capitalize a couple of other social media platforms. And the only ones that sound realistic, next one would be TikTok in my opinion. Uh, and then you're starting to gather the masses and being able to create, you know, a, a space of voice, but TikTok is a very different platform and how it's used and how it's, how it's working. It's a, it's a big majority youth, right? Under 18 use that just as much as, you know, now adults are starting to do different things on there. So I don't know. I think the whole Twitter thing is, is kind of a, a, a cool time to be alive and watch bothering me uh it's kind of a, a cool time to be alive and, and and see what happens i'm i'm not as nervous as i am as i am excited to kind of see where he goes with it and how it changes um and i'm more curious to see how it's using the political space right how politically yes. it's yes. driving traffic towards certain ideologies or not and and if you say free speech i'm curious to see is the far left going to have their voice as much as the far right going to have their voice as much as more centrist kind of ideologies so i think that's the exciting thing to say some people were complaining and i know i'm talking because i've been watching this and following this for a while so it's kind of cool that we picked this subject but some people were complaining that elon Musk blocked them i thought he said free speech he's like yeah you can keep talking about whatever the hell you want he just doesn't want to listen to it so he's going to block it and that's <laughs> but it's funny these people get mad about like he blocked me he said free speech and like yeah he also probably doesn't everybody yeah yeah you can still talk about it it's just you're on mute yeah i don't, I, don't like <laughs> I mean i i blocked thousands and thousands of people so you just say something weird i'm like block you're out of here i don't need you you know what yeah. i mean block yeah. me please <laughs> sam, <laughs> listen to me sam, yeah. <laughs> but um uh, speaking of blocking i think that possibly the most consequential thing that could come out of this would be if donald trump returned to twitter because if he was on yeah. Twitter, back when he was on Twitter, he, he basically owned the, the space. Um, didn't matter if you like him or hate him. Um, whatever he said dominated Twitter. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and he was, he was funny, <laughs> right? And he was good at making short, pithy comments. He was the biggest um, Some of them were, were just, I don't even like his comments on Diet Coke are just I've never seen a thin person drinking Diet Coke. I don't know why he said that, but um, that's it still dominates Twitter. So yeah. if he's back on there, what does that mean for the 2022, 20, uh, especially presidential election? Um, Sam, I think that's the big concern. Yeah. I think that's what everyone's scared of, right? Like the far left, the, the, the centrist, everyone who just didn't like Trump is terrified of what's going to happen with that. And then the people who support the far right, the right, whatever it is, everyone is curious to see what that answer is going to be. As soon as he jumps on there, what the hell happens to Twitter, right? But the other side is he's doing to create his truth social, correct? Isn't he the one, isn't his entity the one to create a truth social? I, I, I'm pr I'm pretty sure it is. I jumped I so, on there. Yes. Yeah, I jumped on there recently, kind of check it out. It's almost exactly like a Twitter format, very similar Twitter kind of kind of body. Um, 
when I went on there, it, it didn't have, obviously you don't have the millions and millions and millions of followers on there. Um, the content is, seems to be more leaning towards, towards right. Because, you know, if you jumped on the truth, you probably understand why the truth was even created and whatnot. And so me as a social media guy I jumped on, it's kind of just kind of snoop around. And I don't know if it's going to take off. I don't know if it's going to do what he wanted it to do. You know, in the, in the end of it, if he wants to kind of jump on and still troll people, he'd have to jump back on Twitter. And when that happens a week ago, he wasn't going to do it, but I, I, I don't, I don't buy that. I think I've seen guys recently jump on that. I never thought would be on Twitter. I've seen guys jump on. I never thought. And they're like, well, here we go. I'm on Twitter. I'm like, more than anything, the man loves an audience. I mean, he he loves an audience. And if he can't find the audience that he wants because he's not getting the traction with truth, social, whatever the exact name is, um, He's going to come back to Twitter. Yeah, you know, the thing is, like, as a journalist, former journalist, um, you you can't just ban someone you don't agree with. Like that, that, and this is what the pendulum always swings. That's why this is going to be so interesting, right? Like, it can only swing so far one way before so many people get fed up. It swings back the other way. This is interesting because I really don't see it swinging all the way back. I it. Again, Sam, was it you that said more centrist? Or I, I, I think I think that's what Twitter's going to be more of. I mean, everyone's going to have, you know, freedom of speech, which could be yeah. more fanatical and hateful on both sides. But I think it also is going to lend to more. I don't think Twitter itself is going to skew. I think it's I just going to come one. I, I, don't, I don't think it has. I don't think Twitter... If it is free speech, Twitter would not have the say whether it stays centrist, left or right. It goes to whoever you follow becomes yeah. more of what you see, right? It becomes the ideologies that you support and you want to listen to, you follow, and that becomes your yeah. feed, you know? And I think that's just the way it's probably always going to be or should have been. Should um, have been. But how weird it is, people who hate a tweet retweet it. And I don't understand. I've never understood that. It's like the people that say, make them famous. I'm like, no, don't make them famous. Just ignore it. And it it disappears. But the weirdest part about Twitter platform is that when people hate someone's ideology, their comment, their post, they retweet it and complain about it, which gives it life, right? Reason they say even bad PR is still PR. Yes. And Twitter is the space for that. Yeah. I mean, like, that always got on my nerves because it seemed like everybody wanted to be a good Samaritan, you know, like, like, like there's a tragedy that happens and they're like, oh, prayers for these people and whatnot. I'm like, okay, we get it. You want everybody to remember that you're sad too. Okay. Right. <laughs> like, we're not forgetting about you, but <laughs> I, like, I let these I, people I, have I, their moment. Like, it's like being in the military. There's people that share those stolen valors. Right. And then they're like, those are actually pretty funny sometimes. Oh yeah. So they're like, make yeah. them famous. I'm like, I don't want it. I don't want it. Cause that's exactly what they yeah. wanted. Right. They wanted notoriety. They wanted attention. Yeah. So they created wow. this persona of a military dude and then they got called out. I'm not going to give them energy, bro. I'm, I'm going to block. I'm going to just, you know, done. But that's what I, that's how I handle social media. And that's how more people should, if they're terrified of Trump, block them. If they're terrified of Elon, block block him, right? Block everybody. Block every mother sucker you don't you don't agree with, and that's cool too. But I mean, at that point, you're just kind of talking to yourself, then I guess. And I'm okay with that. I like what I have. (laughs) I I think I'm funny. 
Hey, man. I think That's you're all funny. That's I think you're funny. I just want Sam to think I'm funny. Oh, you're funny. <laughs> I don't like the way you said that. It's a little, a little is, it, is there something we should be concerned about? About billionaires buying businesses and the way this this kind of happened? Is there something that should be a concern for for I don't know any other space? Is is there something that this? Why are people so nervous about this? Right? Besides the whole Trump thing, besides the freedom of speech thing, besides the extreme left, is there something else that we should be concerned about? With billionaires buying up social media platforms, I mean, I think there is. It all comes down to who's buying, I guess. But then again, it's like we can't really control that. So, I mean, I, I'm a weird guy. Like, I mean, if I can't control something, I just don't worry about it. Right. But I mean, this isn't the um, yeah. This Go isn't ahead. the first time that a billionaire has bought a platform. Um, Jeff Bezos famously owns the Washington Post. Um, and whose tagline is democracy dies in darkness. Um, but it, it's owned by a billionaire. Um, and, and that even goes back to, if you've ever seen Citizen Kane, uh, that was based on um, Hearst, uh, William Randolph Hearst, the newspaper magnate. Um, so this has been going on, you know, um, basically since the end of state control of um, media. Um, America, because of its, its the nature of its founding um, and the uh, English law tradition it comes from, has had a very free press for the most part um, throughout its history, um, although there are some exceptions to that. Um, and so the powerful um, Rich, rich and powerful, especially owning, owning social, owning forms of media is is nothing new, um, and so if we we can continue to treat um, media the way that we have for the past you know forever, but for the past hundred years, basically since Hearst, which is with a healthy dose of skepticism, and uh, verifying your sources. Yeah, but that's yes, if they don't own it, Vince. I mean, let's be real about the influence these billionaires have. You know, well, like that's, that's the problem, right? The problem is that you know the influence, right? Our biggest influencers of our time are social media, mainstream media, right? Movies, television, and social media. Social media snuck in there and 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 owned its own space in in there that we probably didn't expect in early on of social media, right? We didn't expect that it would be such a heavy platform of information. And it happened fast. I was yeah. just happy to have a profile song on MySpace, but now it just doesn't change the game. So. I was making money <laughs> spaces for people, dude. That was my hustle in the military. But it, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> Social media has now taken its space in the biggest influencers of our time on top of movies, television, right? Just the famous people for some reason have a voice that, that people listen to. I've never understood it. Um, I, yeah. It's a weird thing. But – I mean, it's always a concern of who's who's constructing the message, right? Like who's pushing the, the, the message, right? Like and and is there this sub subconscious kind of level of information being pushed? I mean, there's there's all kinds of conspiracy theories on this. There's all kinds of reality on this. We can we can see that, but Jeff Bezos, who owns also Amazon, correct? Yeah, is trying to become one of the biggest influencers through television film television you know amazon prime and all that and as he's pushing you got netflix you got hulu i mean i would be interested in saying 
Oh, another one of his, of another one of um, Elon Musk tweets, twits, tweets. What do you call it? <laughs> Sorry. Tweets. Yeah, his tweet tweets. Um, tweet. was talking about how he was getting tired of the wokeness of Netflix, which makes me like, hold up. When you're starting to try and see his chess moves, does that mean he's going to create a network or purchase a network next? Because he's smart enough to know that influence is, is in, the, in that circle. Right in film, television, and social media. So it may. It, I'm always thinking, like, man, what is this guy's next move? Like, and I'm curious to what it is and why. Right, and the reasons why he picked up Twitter was because I guess one, it was purchasable because of how much money he has, and two, he wanted to create that space of free speech. Does that happen in our media now? Next, I don't know. Right, I know the Daily Wire is pushing towards that. I know there's several other organizations that are trying to create this this space of of television that is that is not going in this direction of where they feel uncomfortable with, you know, um, it's hard to talk on because it's my career field and I'm very, very, very gentle about it. Cause, uh, you know, I like to, I am a writer as well as a filmmaker in trying to, to create this message for veterans. I'm trying to create this space to tell those stories. So I understand my goals, but you know, with Elon Musk making those tweets, every tweet he puts out, I'm like, wonder if that's a message right is that is there something coming with that and that's kind of how i've taken it recently is like intrigued uh concerned uh and and just kind of like sitting there watching the show as it happens man it's kind of wild it is wild you know what else is wild to think about having 44 billion dollars to purchase something I mean, think about his net worth. I mean, you have people that handle people that handle people. I mean, how many layers of people that handle people do you think he has? How many layers? It's a lot of money, dude. That's yeah, it's a ton. And, and then, I mean, not just that he was able to purchase that. It didn't It didn't affect his life. Yeah, he was fine. Yeah, you're like, it's like, oh, he, it's like he went out and bought a can, like some, like, like a jar of toothpaste or like a, <laughs> or something, I don't know. I say a jar of toothpaste. Yeah, I don't know where you're, where you're getting your toothpaste from, but <laughs> I get it from the farmer's market, you know. He's, he's making it fresh at home. Well, it's funny you say that, Jake. There's a book out there. I'm going to get the name of it, but it talks about marketing, and this is all part of influence, right? It talked about the original, back in the day, the marketing techniques they used for pushing, for pushing toothpaste. That was the first big push of influence was these old school photos of clean white teeth with a sparkle. And everybody wanted to have this sparkle. And so you're, it was kind of like the initial push in social media, not social media, but mainstream marketing was this smile with a spark. And it was toothpaste. <laughs> Back like in the World War II era. And that was the first time to see like, dude, if you look at the truth about toothpaste, there is no real necessity for toothpaste. We can use baking soda to brush your teeth. It's fine, right? But when you start pushing this marketing aspect to it, you start putting this nice white smile and everyone else like, yeah. my smile doesn't look like that. I need that, right? When you start pushing it that way, well, then you start getting the masses to believe they need it. And now if you tell someone, I use all organic homemade toothpaste, they'd probably be like, ooh, why? Yeah, right? like, that is the influence that's been put on us to believe the only thing that is good for your teeth is what comes out of one of these little paste things. And so it's, I mean, this is the beginning of this era of influence and how society is just drawn into this is what has to be because everyone else does it and is why we're in this situation we are right now where social media becomes this voice that everyone is influenced by. I find it to be interesting. I try and step outside of the box of that 
And even even me, I get pulled into it like, ooh, that was man, those steaks look great at Texas Rose. You see that commercial? <laughs> you know what I mean? A steak's a steak's a steak. You know what I mean? Oh, I yeah. get pulled into the Instagram ads. I'm like, oh, that mascara does make your eyelashes look way longer. <laughs> I ordered something <laughs> buying eyes. it at midnight, going, What yeah. am I doing? I ordered something for my eyes from freaking TikTok. You know what I mean? Like it gets Hey me. man, TikTok's dangerous for the yes, ads, man. It gets, it gets me too, but it's crazy. Yeah that we are this machine, it's like Fight Club. And, you know, ever, 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 uh, uh, the main character, he's ordering all these things of Ikea because it's influence, right? It's just, it's just wild to me. And this is yeah. all part of social media. This is all part of this whole machine of all of us are kind of sucked into this world and it kind of guides us and which is a very scary thing. Who started this all? Did Tom start it? Was it Tom's fault? Was it MySpace? Uh Hey, Tom didn't do nothing wrong, Natasha. Tom, Tom just minded his <laughs> Tom own. Tom was business. my first social media friend. You're my first friend, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was was MySpace the first social media out there? First, I remember. I think actually, I think didn't Facebook come first, but MySpace got the notoriety first. Well, think, Facebook was only available to if you were a college student at the time. Like mm, you, could yeah, okay. Time. You weren't in college and had a college. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Sam, was there another one before MySpace? I don't know. I don't know. I used to. I was like, like I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure MySpace is the first. Do you guys remember that call hotline? Do you guys ever have that in your town? Where you oh. called where the parties were or something like that? <laughs> oh, see, I thought you were talking yeah. about something else. I thought you were talking about the advertisements that showed up after midnight. <laughs> see, I'm thinking of something completely different, but well, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll say I know you're talking about. It's, it's it's crazy that MySpace isn't a thing anymore and how Facebook could kind of capitalize. This okay. Story. Do you, so I just saw a funny ad and I totally like when you said a song on MySpace, I thought you had profile songs. And then literally two days ago, I saw, I forgot. Do you remember how they made you pick your top eight? Yes. People yeah. get oh, people, people get pissed. I'd be like, oh, I don't want to make this. Sam is, I've Sam is so one. young. Sam is so young, he is like, what are they talking Sam about? I'm, somebody... I'm, I'm not that much younger than Jake. Just Jake's an old soul. I have no idea yeah. what any of this is. The army ages you differently. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Well, back in the day, MySpace was the first kind of Facebook of its time. And it was a very easy platform to use. And actually, you can edit the background to fit your persona, right? Add music, add backgrounds. Mine was Dodgers, all that. Uh, and then Facebook was became open to the public and became a very easily used platform that was kind of a more professional, more adult, more kind of yeah. like like it just felt like more uh, mature space. And yeah. it ended up taking over the space where eventually MySpace, I believe, shut down and got bought by, I think, uh, Justin Timberlake at one point owned it. And it tried to make it a music what? platform. It just never took off. It never took off again. After the first time, it never took off again. Facebook became Facebook. There was no other social media that could come behind it that would even match it. Uh, I know there's a few other small ones that tried. Like I said, in the same era of that, you had the Twitter, and then eventually, I think it was 2008 or 2009, uh, Instagram came about, and eventually Instagram was purchased by Facebook. And so those are the kind of the, the social media platforms that have taken off in our time. And then you got you know Snapchat. It's still a thing for for usually the younger generation. That's what I, I never got into. I don't. I don't which, which one was that? Snapchat. Yeah. I. Well, the cool I got thing, rid of mine after I got married, so yeah, I'm like, same thing. I, I got rid of it. I don't see the purpose anymore. The interesting <laughs> thing is that uh, what Snapchat started, you will, yeah, 
what Snapchat Snapchat started to do, which became an interesting platform for them, was they do have these Snapchat shows or or kind of like reality shows on Snapchat. And so it became a platform that also had if your friends weren't snapping you, well, then there was still a uh, content to be digested, which is a very smart move on their part. It was something that I, I was trying to, I was trying to sell a concept to to Snapchat for for you know production reasons, but uh, I was never able to get open to that get that door open for me. But again, <clears throat> everyone has a system that tries to keep them more relevant to keep people on their platform. Um, like I said, I've gone onto Parlor, I checked it out. I don't use it. You know what I mean? I got into Truth, checked it out. I don't use it. These are platforms I use. Net. I use um, LinkedIn for business purposes. We I love all LinkedIn. LinkedIn. That's my go-to. It's done really well to set up some really professional meetings for me and some some real professional engagements. And there's a few military small ones. One called Rally Point is I use, and it's a very very heavy military veteran kind of space. Um, but there's not much else that is relevant. What and is so- it? Rally Point. That might be interesting to a lot of our colleagues what is that one about what do you yeah do? Rally, same thing it's a military facebook kind of social platform it shares military information uh Jake, think- are you on that too i'm not i have a vet tv subscription though <laughs> <laughs> that's a veteran focused um production company or or i would say a production network or whatever you would want to call that so yeah i don't know it's interesting to see how how social media platforms live and exist or what dies and you know and i'm curious to see what the future is for twitter with elon musk at the head of it yep hey guys thanks so much this was a fun conversation appreciate (laughs) the time and of course we have so many more podcasts just like this one on our website tngdefense.com and as always if we can help you out with any and all things security related please tap us. Um, Thanks for joining us, everyone, and have a great day. Later, y'all.